If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Podcast. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg, bringing you an incredible episode about thanking your donors. This is a topic that we do not talk enough about, not just on this podcast, but in general in the nonprofit sector. Before we do, though, just want to give you a quick reminder that 2021 is the year that Successful Nonprofits is doing a ton of webinars. We do, however, record this podcast about three or four months in advance. So when I woke up this morning, there was a light dusting of snow on some roofs, and it's probably late May or early June right now. All that is to say, I don't know exactly what the webinars are going to be in July and August, but go to SuccessfulNonprofits.com and check out the webinars. If I'm a betting person, we will probably have a webinar around strategic planning and probably one around executive transitions. And now, let me introduce today's guest, Sandy Reese. Sandy is an extraordinary fundraiser, fundraising coach, and fundraising consultant. She is the founder of Get Fully Funded, and through that consulting practice, she has changed the trajectory of many people's careers and many organizations' missions. She specializes in new and small nonprofits, and she helps them raise money and also develop their boards. Now, over the last several years, by the way, we've had her on before. She was episode 44. So I think probably since she was on last time, she's expanded some of the things that she has done. So she's also now doing Fundraising TV, which is a membership program to teach new and young nonprofits how to raise money, and doing an incredible annual conference that's going to be virtual in 2021. So I am so excited to have this conversation with Sandy, because I believe that so often in the nonprofit sector, we are not getting thank yous right when it comes to our donors. And I think typically either we don't thank enough, or in the rare instances, it's very rare, some organizations thank too much. Um, But for the most part, we're just not thanking enough. So Sandy, 
Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Well, gosh, I'm so happy that you're back on. It feels like it's been a while and, and a little overdue. Well, I think it has been a while. <laughs> so I, um, I kind of want to start by saying, why do you think it is that so many nonprofits struggle with the thank you? I think there's several reasons, actually. One is that in a small shop, in a small nonprofit, people are really, really busy. And so when a donation comes in, I think they're moving really quickly to try to thank them. They just put anything on a, on a letter or in an email so they can check the block that that got done. And that's a big mistake because when you do things that are kind of slapped together, when you're not being very purposeful, when you're not really thinking about the donor, you tend to do things that don't land and that doesn't work. And so if you think about it this way, there is a cycle of giving and it has two parts. The donor makes the gift, the nonprofit receives the gift. You have to receive the gift and thank the donor in order to complete the cycle. And the cycle does not repeat until it is completed. So if you think about, you almost can think about like ping pong. You hit the ball across the net to the donor in form of an appeal, a request for money. The donor hits the ball back to you in the form of a gift because they say, yeah, like what you're doing, I want to make a gift. You have to hit the ball back over in the form of a good thank you in order for them to hit it back to learn more or get more involved or to give again, to be ready to give again. So it's like this little ping pong match that's going on. And I think that a lot of people just don't put enough priority on thanking donors well. They slap something together and try to thank a donor that way. How do I know? I am a donor. And this is one of the things that I think that um, a lot of fundraisers can do to learn how to be better fundraisers is to be a donor. Give to other organizations because you'll see really quickly what that feels like when you're thanked well or not. <laughs> and you'll learn a lot from the mistakes that other people are making about how you want to thank donors. So I think that's one of the reasons that people just don't put enough, they don't take the time to make it a priority. And I think also in some cases, they don't understand that they need to make it a priority. They don't understand that donors are more, they're more than the checkbook. They're more than the credit card. They're actually a partner in the organization's work. And in order for that partner to stick around, you have to give them a good experience. And that starts by being thanked very well. So Sandy, like you, I give to a number of organizations. and I'm, I'm in a household where we're relatively philanthropic. You know, everything from pretty small annual type gifts, $1,500 to, you know, larger, for us, major gifts in the low thousand. And I will say that I often get thank you notes that when I receive them, I'm like, yeah, okay. As you just said, they checked the box. So what makes a thank you note rise above when the donor gets it going, okay, yeah, they knew they were supposed to send one and they did. Mm -hmm. We call it giving donors a touch the pearls moment. Okay, so I'm in the South, right? You got it. If you could see the video, it's about, you know, making the donor put their hands on their throat saying, oh my gosh, I love that organization. Isn't this great? The, the real key to it is if that donor takes whatever that thing is that you just thank them with and they show it to somebody else, you just hit it out of the park. And like you said, if it's, um, if it's something that they're like, meh, whatever, and they toss it immediately in the recycle bin, you miss the mark. And that's such a missed opportunity to go deeper with that donor. And we can't afford to lose those opportunities, right? We, we have to... We have to start the relationship off with new donors very well 
And then every time we have the chance to interact with a donor, we have to give them a good experience. So if, you're, if your thank you letter is mediocre, well, you're like most organizations, and it's actually not that hard to stand out. It's not that hard. I think there's a couple of things that, for me, make a, make a thank you stand out. One is if it feels personal, right? We live in the day and age of mass production, mass-produced emails. Like most people have a very dull, lifeless thank you message that comes right behind an online thank you or an online donate button. We hit the button, we make the gift, and then there's this very mediocre thank you that shows up in our email. And that's not okay. So if it feels personal, right off the bat, you're standing out. And I think the way to get there is to sit down and take a minute to write that thank you and imagine one donor sitting with you at your kitchen table. We actually call this the kitchen table exercise. You sit there and you imagine that donor is there at your kitchen table, you're having coffee, and you're about to thank them for their donation. What would you say? You wouldn't say, <clears throat> on behalf of the board and staff of the blah, 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 nonprofit, we'd like to extend our deepest appreciation, blah, blah, blah. No, that feels stiff and formal, and most small nonprofits that I know are not stiff, formal organizations. So it needs to be, it needs to feel personal. So it needs to say, dear Sandy, and then it needs to go right to the thank you language. It needs to have in it some of what we call hero language. Hero language is when they say, you just made my day. We needed funding to pay for hay for the winter for our horses, and you stepped up, we could not do this work without you. You are our hero. Like that's the kind of thing that you're like, wow, that feels pretty good. Because how often during the day do we get treated like a hero? How often during the day do we get those little, those little experiences that make us feel like we're doing more than just taking up space on the planet, right? So it's just a matter of really thinking about what can I do to knock their socks off? How would I say this if that donor was sitting right there with me? How do I make this really personal and authentic? And I do think that the more you give to a variety of organizations, the more different kinds of thank yous that you see, the more you figure out exactly how you want to craft yours. So I do think there's a lot of value in giving to other organizations just so you can see the examples. So I do have to share with you kind of an extension of that. And I love this concept of you're sitting at the kitchen table, maybe with your favorite donor, the donor you've known for years who's super generous, and you're writing them a thank you letter. I love that idea. And it would actually would have made what had become a practice of mine when I was an executive director, frankly, so much easier. Because when I was an executive director, I developed a practice where every month I wrote a new thank you note. Every single month for a couple of reasons. First of all, some donors make two or three gifts a year. I don't want them to be like, oh, I got that heartfelt letter once already. Oh, I got that heartfelt <laughs> letter twice already. Yeah. Because as a donor, there's some organizations that I give multiple times to every year and I get the same heartfelt letter. Um, <clears throat> but also because, you know, every month there's something different ideally. Like if I'm a cheerleader for my organization, there's something different that I'm thinking about and that I want to talk about. Like, as you said, oh, your gift came at the perfect time. You know, in August, we get the least number of individual contributions. And so your gift made a difference this month or this week. Or like January, hey, you know, we understand that a lot of people are done giving on December 31. And we are so grateful that you felt so compelled to 
contribute to us that you gave in the middle of January, in the middle of an ice storm, when we knew that we were going to have to buy food for the kitchen or whatever. Like, but no, so I, I get that. But had I been envisioning sitting there with one of my most loyal favorite donors, oh my gosh, that would have been so much easier to write because sometimes the words did not come to me. You know, so I'd sit down to write the letter and just writer's block. Right, right, right. So that's such a good exercise just to help you get that flowing. If you stop thinking about people as donors and you think of them as friends of the organization, then imagine what would you text to a friend to say thank you? What would you say if you just picked up the phone and called and said, oh my gosh, thank you so much for that. I really needed your help. I can't, can't tell you how much I appreciate that. So you can kind of follow that same line of thinking with donors as well. And I agree with you. We tell our clients the same thing. Like you've got to change the thank you letter every month for exactly the reasons that you said. If your organization has a mediocre at best thank you and your donors give three or four times a year and they get the mediocre thank you, what message does that send? It tells the donors that thanking them is not a priority, that you don't have your ducks in a row, that that is just not important to you. And that's not a very good message to send. And it's really not that hard to change it up. You can, you can think about the seasons of the year and how your program changes based on heat or cold or seasons or holidays. Every program does. Every program, every nonprofit kind of ebbs and flows and there are high points during the year and low points during the year. And High points for programs, high points for fundraising, low points for everything. And so if you can start to relate your, your thank you letter to some of those, it really, really does set the stage that you are organized and on the ball and you are trustworthy. See, this is the other thing that happens with not just thanking donors, but every little thing you do is either building trust or it's tearing it down. And when you show up with something that's genuine and it's personalized and it's heartfelt, it's sincere, it's authentic, you're subconsciously telling that donor you're paying attention and that they can trust you. When you send them that same old mediocre, stale, boring, dry letter, you're saying, I don't know, we're not paying attention to this. We might not be paying attention in other areas. And that's not setting the stage for future donations. Absolutely. I also would love if we could talk about some creative things maybe that we could do to thank donors. And there's one that I did recently that I want to share with you. So last year, 2020, I was the interim executive director of an of a HIV AIDS service organization in Phoenix, Arizona. And so, you know, when I do interims, because part of what I do professionally, when I do interims, I typically travel for them. And so I'll be on site three days a week, sometimes four days, but that's rare. And, you know, I'm often, not often, when I'm traveling, I'm not staying in a place that's my home. And so... I remember one one evening, it was December, I was at the office, I did not feel like going back to my hotel room. I just didn't. And I also was bored. So I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I have this stack of thank you letters that I need to sign. So for each thank you letter that I sign, I'm also, because there's a little whiteboard in the office, I'm going to write thank you with the donor's names, like thank you, Sandy. I'm going to take a selfie of myself in front of the thank you, Sandy, and then I'm going to look them up in the CRM and send them a text saying, hey, I was just signing your thank you letter to you, and I felt so grateful that I wanted to show it a little more personally. And I had, like, my phone blowing up for the next day. People going, oh, my gosh, you really care about my giving to your organization. And I'd be like, yes, we do. You help us do what we do. But I'll share with you, the cool thing was it was really fun for me as well. 
Nice, nice, nice. You know, there's so many things you can do to thank donors that are not expensive. They're not time consuming, but it does take you a minute to think about it and plan it. We all, we all have heard, write a handwritten thank you card. And, and the thing about that is it is so simple and a lot of people don't do it. Most people don't get hand addressed anything in the mail anymore. So it's pretty easy to stand out. Plus, most of the donors you're going to send handwritten notes to studied penmanship in school when they were growing up. So that means something to them, right? Thank you calls can be appropriate if you know the donor. I have a couple of organizations that I support that text me, just like you were talking about. I'll tell you one of the hottest things that we have been seeing, actually for the past probably about four years, is thank you video. Hmm. Now, the nice thing about this is you can grab your cell phone. Most people have a smartphone. You do not have to make these real polished. You can literally just hit the button, turn it on and go, hey, Dolph, thank you so much for your donation to our organization. We really appreciate it. And then you can like just say a sentence or two. It doesn't have to be long. These literally can be 15 or 20 second videos. But the key is you call the donor by name in the video. You can throw it on YouTube, make it unlisted so that only the person who has the link can see it. And then you email it to the donor. You say, this is just for you. And then wait to see what happens. (laughs) I've actually done this with lots of clients. It's crazy successful. Yeah, I was going to say, so what are some common responses? We have an animal shelter we were working with about four years ago, and their executive director didn't want to do it. And I said, that's all right. Their shelter manager was willing to do it. So what we did is we got their shelter manager to hold a puppy, and we shot these videos to their, I know, right, a puppy, to their top 10 donors, and she called my name. Hey, Mr. Mrs. Smith, I'm here with little Paco, and we just wanted to say thank you for your support this year. It's meant so much to us. And then she said another word or two about the animals in their care, whatever. So we sent this, and these people had given, I think it was about two or $3,000 that year. So this one's just a nice-sized donor for that organization. And, and our intention was we just wanted to express gratitude. We were not looking for another donation or anything. We we're just trying to thank the donor and do it in a really personal way. All right, so here's what we did. We put the, put the video on YouTube, make it unlisted, emailed it to them, got an immediate response from them saying, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We love it. The puppy is so cute. We're so happy to support your organization. And they begin to gush. And this is what people do when they love your organization. They will tell you how amazing you are and they will thank you for doing the work that you're doing, right? And then within a week later, they get another check in the mail from these donors for another $2,000. Hey, you know, part part of what I love about that thank you video is it was so mission-driven as well. Mm -hmm. Very much so. We have another client that runs a farm animal sanctuary. And she's in the habit of doing thank you videos and she will do them for every donor. Hold on. She'll do, she'll do them for like a $25 donor. Yeah. No, get this. Um, I had her doing a $5 Friday on Facebook um, last year and she did thank you videos for people that she could reach who gave on her $5 Friday. So time out. I don't know what $5 Friday is. You got to tell me what that is. (laughs) Okay, so $5 Friday is a way, it's basically a fundraiser on Facebook where you're asking people to give five bucks to help you fund a small solvable problem. So in in her case, I don't know, I think it was, she was trying to raise money to purchase vegetables for the pigs at the farm animal sanctuary. Because it's, you know, in the winter, you don't get a lot of food donations. It's not as bountiful as they are in summer. And so people gave, and she's just in the habit of shooting these personalized thank you videos and she did it for people who even gave five bucks now 
I know that some people listening to this are going to go, oh my gosh, that sounds like so much work. Admittedly, I thought that. Right? But think about this for a minute. Think about the investment that you're making in that relationship. Think about how special those people are going to feel. Think about how impressed they're going to be and how likely they are going to be to give again. Like your chances of a repeat gift just skyrocketed with something mm-hmm. like that. Now, the other thing that I tell people is that's, that's how she does it. You don't have to do it that way. But I do think for, for major donors and for monthly donors, that's a really powerful thing to do once a quarter or so is to shoot them a personalized video where you're either highlighting part of one of your programs or you're simply just saying thank you from your office, but calling them by name and making them feel special is part of what's going to help them feel connected and keep them giving all year long. Hmm. I I like that a lot. And, And as I think about that, if you do it quarterly, there's almost always something like, oh, you know, we got this new piece of equipment that we use in the soup kitchen or, you know, oh, we just, you know, we just renovated this group room that all of our youth use. Right. Um, Or you can even incorporate some things like, let's say you've got an after school program and you've got a dozen kids that are there. Uh, Even with COVID, this still works. So you could shoot the thank you and say, hey, Mr. Mrs. Smith, I'm here in the after school program this afternoon. The kids are having a great time. As a matter of fact, hang on. Hey, kids, tell Mr. Mrs. Smith, thank you. And get all the kids, you know, thank you. Like people love that kind of stuff. Love, love, love it. I, that is such a creative idea. I'm, now I'm grooving on the idea of videos. Oh, video is hot. It's such a, such a nice way to thank people. We have another client we work with that is, uh, they're based in the States, but they work in Haiti. And so we've done a couple of montage videos where we'll get different students that they're supporting in Haiti to say what they love about the, about the program. You know, and so imagine, here's the video. It opens up and the first student says, I love hanging out with my friends who are also students. The next one is, I love that I'm learning a trade. I'm going to have a job when I graduate. Another one says, I love that I have a safe place to stay. So you just kind of put all these together and by the end of it, people are, you know, reaching for the hanky because it just really touches them right in the heart. And it's just, it's so easy to do. You know, so it's interesting. So for years, I've supported a school in Haiti and traditionally what I get, and it's nice and it's sweet, but traditionally what I get is something that one of the students has drawn often with crayon or colored pencils and it's nice and it goes on the fridge for you. We don't have kids. So, you know, it puts some kid art on the fridge. Um, you know, so, but it doesn't rise to that level of like a montage video. Yep. And they're not that hard to do. So for those people who are listening, who are thinking, oh, that might be easy for you, but I'm not tech savvy. There actually are some tools out there that are, that make that pretty easy, uh, pretty easy to do. We use a tool called We Video, We Video, and it's pretty easy to take those, um, those little snippets of video and you just stitch them together. You can put a front on the, on the front and an end on the back if you want. So like a slide at the end that has your logo and mm. your link to your web address and that sort of thing. There's also all kinds of apps. It doesn't matter if you have an Apple or a Droid. They're in the Play Store. There's so many apps that will help you do the same kind of thing. So if, you're, if you want to keep it simple, you absolutely can. If you want to get fancy with it, you can do that too. Um, but I will tell you, of all the organizations that we work with, the ones who are finding fundraising easier are the ones who are thanking their donors well. 
Wow. Um, are there, so video is, is a great creative way. Are there any other creative things that you're currently working with clients around to thank donors? Well, we work with a lot of animal welfare organizations. So animal shelters, animal rescue. And sometimes we send out cards from a dog in the shelter. Those are pretty hot. Like I, I got one from one of our shelters one time and it said, um, my penmanship is not that great. So volunteer Allison is writing this for me. And it went on to say, my favorite part of the day is when I get to go outside in the play yard. I love the toys. I love the treats. I love my buddy, you know, Rover and, and something like that. And then they sign it with like a paw print dipped in ink mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, obviously I want that to be safe and non-toxic, but that's another one. If you're an animal lover, that is going to grab you by the heartstrings to get a card from a dog in the animal's care. So I have to share with you several episodes ago, I think it was episode 170-something, Aubrey Annis was on and talking about um, her experience as a donor. And she talked about how she started as a donor as a child, and she saved up her allowance, and she adopted a manatee, which which actually involved like an annual investment. So it was a big deal. Like as a kid, you know, you're making this year-in, year-out commitment using your allowance money. But she was blown away as a kid, and this is kind of what got her hooked on philanthropy, because she received... Um, periodic updates on the manatee. And I don't recall whether the updates were from the manatee or not, but actually received like, you know, periodic, like, oh, you know, this is your manatee. Your manatee turned five today. Yeah, and, you know, here's what we did. Like, and it was this really personal connection. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think if we go back to what makes, what makes an outstanding thank you for a donor, and by the way, this works for regular donors, monthly donors, major donors. It, it works across the board, all these things that we're talking about. It is about making it personal, And giving the donor some kind of experience that they otherwise wouldn't get, right? So you mentioned crayon drawings. I love crayon drawings. I think that's magic for a lot of people. But if you send a crayon drawing every month, now that's old. And that's that's not unique enough. So you do have to think of, well, okay, if we did crayon drawings last month, what can we do this month? Can we have the kids build a tower and name it after the donor and put a little card in front of it? And now let's take a picture of that and show the child's hands in it. And then if you're just showing the child's hands with the blocks, now you don't have privacy issues. You're not revealing the identity. So there's, there's definitely ways to do things, but you do have to, you have to hit the pause button long enough to think about it. Mm-hmm. There's three examples. Now, as I think about in my career, there's three examples I'm thinking about. One is when I was running an, uh, a housing organization. We One of the things we did, in addition to providing housing, was also did a lot of emergency financial assistance. And so whenever we provided someone with money to help with back utilities or past due rent or whatever, we would just hand them a card that had our logo on it, and we'd say, please don't sign your name. We'd just like for you to write a thank you letter to someone who might have helped you be able to stay in your home or pay your light bill. Um, it was not a requirement. Some people would just write thank you and hand it back, and we did nothing with those, um, other than file them away. We did nothing <laughs> with those. Um, you know, but some people would write really heartfelt, you know, like, like, thank you. I don't know what we would do. Me and my kids would be homeless, if not for you. And so we would actually send those periodically to donors. And as you were saying, like, that was the kind of thing that, you know, we'd get calls about, or like, I'd go to a major donor's home, and it would be, it would be somewhere prominently in their home office or on their refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember one time I was working at an after-school program that, that provided music lessons for kids. And we got this letter from, a, it was a young man who had been in our program a couple of years earlier. 
And he was just writing out of the blue, unprompted to say, thank you for everything you did for me. Yeah, you taught me music, but you also taught me responsibility and you taught me this and you taught me that. And I couldn't have done this without, and they named the, the teacher that had helped him. And it was just, it was incredibly moving. So I made a copy of it immediately and put a sticky note on it for the major donor and said, this just came in today and I knew you'd want to see this. Mm. And sent it off. And of course, that just, that really landed that they called and they were like, oh my gosh, this was amazing. Thank you for sending it. Wow, that is, I love that. I really love that. So one of the other, and it's funny, like I think about one of the other creative things that we did once when I was running a community center and it was a building, it was an old building originally built in the in the 1800s. And of course, it had been renovated multiple times and was originally two buildings turned into one building had an addition on it had an addition removed all of this over the course of you know 170 something years and uh there came a point that we had to we had to replace a terrazzo tile floor and listeners you don't know what a terrazzo tile is it's essentially tile set into like six inches of cement but the floor was so heavy um that it only that it literally was crushing the foundation of the building. After 80 years, the building's foundation could no longer take it. And so engineers and architects were like, sorry, you're going to have to pull up the floor. So obviously we had a little, bit of, we had a little campaign to pull up the floor and, re- and put down a subfloor and replace the floor. And so we then found a local artist who took chunks of the tile and, turned, and mounted it and turned it into art. And so every major donor that year got a piece of the Philadelphia room floor. But it was like an actual nice artwork. Love it. Beautiful. And I'll also share with you, when I was leaving that job, they were like, what, what kind of a parting gift would you like? And, we, and I knew we still had some of the tile floor artwork. We had five or six left. I was like, I want a piece of the Philadelphia room floor. I want to take that with me. For, like, it was honestly like that meaningful. that I was like, yeah, that's, you know, they're, they're, I was like, you know, I, I don't want a vase. I don't want anything like that. Just give me a piece of the floor. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. See, they, they, that's something personal. It's meaningful. It's authentic. It's not predictable or expected. And these are the kind of things that we have to do if we want to really hit this out of the park with our donors. Mm-hmm. And and I'll also share with you, Sandy and listeners, that was not my idea. Let me be clear. And this, I think, is where boards can be so helpful. There was a board member who came to me and said, hey, I have an idea. And I know an artist who might be able to make have, make this happen. Are you okay if I try to move this forward? It's like, am I okay? Yes, I love this. Please <laughs> do this. So like literally, it took me like maybe two or three hours of work because I had to meet with the artist and, you know, do a little bit of coordination. But the board member kind of found the artist, got all of that moving without us having to figure it out. Nice. So Sandy, you know, every episode, you know, because you've been on the podcast before, we always ask an off the map question. And have I got the off the map question for you? (laughs) I only very recently, like right before we got on and we were chatting, learned you lived for a brief period of time in Colorado. And I think there's a unique story around that if you're willing to share it. Well, I'd be happy to. I'm definitely a a Tennessee girl, born here, raised here, live here now. But after I got out of college, I had the opportunity to move to um, (laughs) a little tiny town called Basalt, Colorado. And it it was just down valley from Aspen. And and I said to myself, boy, I don't ever want to look back at that and regret that I didn't do that. So I did. So I uh, lived there for a winter, learned how to drive in the snow, learned all about mule deer and all kinds of crazy things. Saw a lot of celebrities. There were quite a few that lived in our town and, and in Aspen. 
And it was quite the adventure. I, yes, I did some skiing while I was there. No, I don't love to ski. Um, but, you, you know, you live in one of the skiing capitals of the world. You've got to at least go out on the slopes a couple of times. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And I think it really speaks as well to your adventurous and creative spirit. There's a lot of people who would say, hmm, I don't know. That makes me nervous. I think I'm going to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> no, we did. It was, it was really fun. We had lots of adventures of going four-wheeling up in the mountains and seeing all kinds of animals in their natural habitat. And um, there was a lot of fun things about it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for coming on. I, I feel so strongly that you have given our listeners some ideas, not just on how to thank donors, but how to build relationships and increase their retention rate. And we all know it's that coveted retention rate is the secret to building your donor base. So, Sandy, thank you so much. My pleasure. Happy to share. Well, listeners, you know, if you want to get a hold of Sandy, there are several ways that you can, and I want you to have those. The first is you go to her website, getfullyfunded.com. There, obviously, you can find out more about her services, but she also has a phenomenal blog. By the way, one of the blog posts is kind of the bread and butter of what we talked about today, which is really how to thank your donors. Um, also, while you're there, you can get lots of great free resources, including her one-page fundraising plan that helps people get their plan out of their head, onto paper, and into reality. And so it's a great free resource. I recommend that you check that out, as well as Fundraising TV, which is her membership program where she teaches new and young nonprofits how to raise money. And last, of course, she's got a Facebook group. It's a long URL. I'm not going to try to read it out here for you, but we're going to link to it in the show notes. And listeners, if you missed any of those URLs, don't worry. Just head on over to SuccessfulNonprofits.com. We're going to have all of this in the show notes and um, maybe even a couple other surprises as well. Just a, a good reason to go over to the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, there are two episodes that I want you to think about listening to. The first is episode 44, which is the first episode with Sandy Reese. I'm telling you, if this was a good one for you, that's going to be a great one. We actually talked about that one-page fundraising plan back then. And then also, if you liked this episode, please make sure you check out episode 177, Help Donors Fall in Love with Your Organization with Abra Annis. What a dynamic, great episode from the perspective of a major donor. That, listeners, is our show for the week. I hope that you have gained some insight to help your nonprofit thrive in a competitive environment. And just a quick reminder that I'm not an accountant nor an attorney, and neither I nor the Goldenberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This show is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for tax, legal, and accounting advice. If for some reason you or your organization find yourself needing that type of counsel, please find a credentialed, qualified, preferably local person who can help meet that need. And if you're scratching your head thinking, I don't know anyone like that, reach out to me. I might be able to give you a referral. <laughs>